0: Welcome to episode 72 of the Atlas podcast, not 71. I got my count messed up last week because I was recovering from a cold. <laughs> um, but that being said, uh, my name is Emma Loggins, editor in chief at fanbolt.com.
1: And I'm Matt Rodriguez, the owner in chief editor of shakefire.com.
2: And I'm Mike McKinney of One to leave the theater.com and atlcw.tv.
0: And we're all well this week i think i think we're all well this week yeah so yeah i'm always
2: well (laughs) i'm always well are you mike
1: you know we're gonna point out the next time you're sick or something
0: yeah it's totally we're gonna totally point that out um well in small talk this week i got back on monday from um new york new jersey heroes and villains fan fest which was awesome um Didn't end up doing any interviews at that one because everyone's schedules kind of shifted and changed a little bit, and a bunch of people we had for two days then ended up being one day, and things switched around, and long story short, those interviews will be coming from the Atlanta convention. Um, But it was still a great time, and it was cool to be able to look across the water and see New York. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I spent a little bit of time down in Hoboken, which is kind of, I think in in my my opinion, the hipster cool area of the New Jersey side where you can, like, look over and see everyone in Manhattan. Um, That's not where the convention was, but I went down there to meet up with some friends for dinner on Saturday. And so if you ever find yourself in New Jersey staring across longingly at Manhattan um, and can't make it over there because you realize it's going to be, like, $72 round trip on an Uber to make it over there, um, Hoboken is quite nice. All right. It's nicer than the rest of New Jersey.
1: Wait, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, mean, New Jersey. Emma. I
0: know, I know. But in comparison, I mean, you've got like everything <laughs> happening across the water, and you just want to be in Manhattan.
1: Yeah, um, it's like here. Here's a great place to just sit and stare at where you really want to be.
0: Well, it's kind of not. It's kind of the same thing. Um, I mean, granted, I think Brooklyn's probably a lot cooler too. Um, but being able to just kind of like see the skyline of Manhattan, there's something mm. really, really cool about that. And you can't really see the skyline of Manhattan if you're like
1: in Manhattan. I mean, <laughs>
0: in Manhattan, you can, but you can't get the full effect of it. And you can from a couple of rooftops in Hoboken. So
2: gotcha. just saying. So, so you're so you're saying that they uh, the tourist board in New Jersey should, should say. Hey, you can see New York from here.
0: Exactly. Hoboken. Just across the water from Manhattan. Enjoy the skyline views. Um, yeah, no, that should totally be their plug. Um, but it was a really great time. All, all of that being said, I had a, had a good time. Um, but right before I left on Friday for that, we all went to see uh, Cirque du Soleil, uh, which was amazing.
1: It was so good.
0: So good. And that was... So
2: good. That Your was first. my 1st yeah, It was first Matt's one. first. It was my fifth or sixth one, and this is the best one yet. I will agree.
0: I... <laughs> From every totally all, agree. all of the things best you have I've to compare it to.
1: Seen. From all my life experiences with Cirque, <laughs> this is the best.
2: Uh, but but tell us but tell us what you said after you saw Cirque. What do you mean? To me. You, you Matt, you Matt said that well, this he was, was mad at himself. No, you were mad at yourself or not? I was
1: mad that I've missed all the other ones. Like, I have so much to catch up on now because I haven't seen them. So now I need to watch all the Cirques. I know a lot of them are still playing, but, like, you got to go to other cities. You got to travel. Yeah, you got to travel.
0: Yeah, it's. um, I've seen every single one that has come through Atlanta, and I've seen. uh two of the stationary shows which are in vegas love and oh oh has always been my favorite one um this one actually kind of rivals that for me which is crazy um because this is a traveling one and usually with the the stationary ones you you you're a little bit more wowed just because they are stationary and so they put a little bit more into the actual um just environment like with um with love, which is the the Beatles one, you have these speakers in your chair, and it's just the sound, you know, paired with what you're what you're seeing performed is just mm. such an amazing experience. Um, so you get that kind of level of detail with the stationary shows, but um, this hands down is the best traveling circ to date. and It may even be better than O in in my book. I still haven't decided yet, but this one was fantastic, and it's here, um, I believe, through what is it November? November. Yeah, know, and November
2: nineteenth. November
0: nineteenth, and they say that every year, and then they extend it. <laughs> so, but just in case they don't extend it um, through the holidays, go, go see, see it
2: because
0: it, it is yeah. amazing, and it's it, yeah.
2: The, one of the most amazing things is that there is a a waterfall that uh, the a lot of the acts interact with, and it it I can't I don't plus first I don't want to give anything away because. It's, it is jaw-dropping when you see it, um, especially near the end of the first act. Um, it's just amazing. And I love the way that some of the acts interact with it. Um, and it's just... But the whole show is just... There's some, some magical things that go on with, with the acts. Um, and there's everything in it, um, including one of my favorites was the fastest juggler in the world. And he is so fast, Juggling uh, pins—that uh, uh, you can't believe how fast he's. I mean, it's some of the stuff he does. You, you're like, I don't even know what happened there, but it was amazing. <laughs>
0: I mean, I I think that's what's uh, one of the things that's so, like, magical about Cirque. If you, you know, remember going to the, the circus as a kid um, and you were so, like, wowed by all of the acts and, you know, all of the animals and, and everything. And it was just kind of this magical experience, uh, you know, as a kid. Um, as an adult, you, you know, you kind of... I don't want to say you you get jaded it, it, to some degree, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not as amazing anymore to you to you see kinda, like you
1: expect things. You yeah, you know what's coming almost while well, with exactly. this. Exactly, really don't
0: you don't? And that's Cirque du Soleil kind of takes you takes you back to having that like wonderment of a child and being like, oh my god, did they just do yeah. that? Was that like there was no special effects there? That was real. Like someone oh, yeah. actually can do what I just saw. And um I just think that it's there's something magical about being transported back and being able to still have that degree yeah. of wonderment as an adult.
2: Um No, oh,
1: yeah, definitely. Like I was smiling in like the entire performance. Like, exactly. For except, every single except moment. Except
2: during the contortionist.
1: No, I was still smiling there because he was so
2: amazing. No, I, was, I wasn't <laughs> smiling. My jaw was dropping because of him. He, he I, You could not believe the shapes that he got himself into. I
0: think my face was like squinched up the entire time because I just felt like what he was doing should be painful. <laughs> like, And he's just, you know, up there doing all of these weird moves and like smiling or whatever. And I'm just like, oh my God, how does a human body do that? Like we, we came to the conclusion that he has to to be missing vertebra like he has to be there's no way that he could move like that and not be missing something in his back
1: yeah um he is he's a tall dude too he is a tall like that's sort the of thing like usually when you think of contortionists you think of these small people who can you know bend and, and twist and stuff but he was he was a pretty big guy
0: yeah granted yeah. he
1: was thin as expected he, but
0: he was very thin God. yeah
1: but it looked oh like God, he was just the he,
0: he was, like, missing all of his internal organs or something. That's what it looked yeah.
1: like.
0: <laughs> like, I'm still trying to figure out how what he did was possible.
1: He might not be human.
0: He might be an alien. There is that a That might explain it. <laughs> um, but it's super cool. And um, this one is, the theme is A Waking Dream of Mexico. So it's, uh, you know, Mexico themes to it, Mexican themes to it. Um, the music is fantastic. The performances mm-hmm. are fantastic. And um, a the couple costumes,
1: of... colors
0: yeah it's visually it's it's just stunning and the waterfall that that mike mentioned is really kind of just uh one of many things that make you go oh my god like it's just it's fantastic so go see it tickets start at only 35 dollars, and it's through november 19th at atlantic station under the big tent in the back and uh i want to see it again yeah (laughs) i want to go back (laughs) definitely um but moving on, we also did another cool thing. Um, it wasn't last night.
1: It well,
2: was some of us did. <laughs> it
0: was two nights ago, yes. Uh, Mike yeah. was not present. Mike, I feel like Why Mike, weren't could, you there? Mike could have gone, and we told Mike yeah. about the event, and I just But he was like, no. He was like, nah, it's cool.
2: He's too cool I No, I thought my public affairs person was doing it. Mm.
0: Well... I hear excuses, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> no,
2: that doesn't—that doesn't mean you can't do it as well.
0: I know you should have just emailed them.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, but then who's who's gonna? Yeah, no, I can't. If she goes, then I really can't. No. Yeah. All right. Even if, whatever. What excuses? <laughs> Mike just doesn't. Mike just doesn't like clean
1: energy. That's that's the real problem. Here. <laughs> Mike's Mike, right, Mike big oil, Mike all the way. Is not committed I, to one hundred percent renewable energy. Well, you know, I am from Texas, so he's. he's how much? How much is, are the big oil companies paying you, Mike?
2: Hmm? <laughs> I'm not telling you.
0: <laughs> um, well, the event that uh, Matt and I went to on Tuesday night here in Atlanta was um, put on by the Solutions Project and it's uh this initiative called atl 100 which is a multi-week campaign putting the spotlight um on local heroes who are helping atlanta achieve its commitment to running on 100 percent renewable energy sources and earlier this year atlanta actually became the 27th city to commit to achieving 100 percent renewable energy by 2035 which i mean less than 20 years that's that would be awesome if we could do that um yeah. but it's going to take it, a it lot does. of effort and a lot yeah. of participation from from the Cause, community
1: yeah because i mean they said i think they mentioned like we're currently at like two percent two yeah two yeah.
0: percent and they said that was and, like stretching it
1: and that yeah so. and it's like that was being generous and you're like oh my god how are we going to get to 100 percent within yeah. you know 30 20 years it's, but, it's gonna be a task know, but i mean it, i think we could do it, it. is
0: I think we can do it, too, and, um, you know, not to, to get too political or anything here, but I don't think there's ever been a time in which people in this country are more motivated to do things for, you know, the climate and for looking into, um, you know, solutions like renewable energy to yeah. help help the planet and help their cities and communities. So I think yeah. we're in a good position and place to, to really inspire people to do that, so... Um, Mark Ruffalo is actually one of the co-founders of that project, and Matt and I are hopeful that we can get him to come on the podcast at some point and, yeah. and talk talk about this, um, because it is it's it's really cool when you see um, he he spoke so passionately about this yeah, on Tuesday night.
1: That was one of the things I was going to mention, like how passionate he was about this project, because you know you see celebrity endorsements all the time and you know they're just basically reading a general script and exactly they're pretty much dead behind their eyes
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly
1: but, but seeing him you know on stage in front of the audience just delivering this such a heartfelt speech i know emma you captured it on video i i captured a
0: good portion of that it's yeah. up on uh up on twitter you can find it mm-hmm. on my twitter and um up on Fanbolt, too
1: yeah, yeah, same on Shakefire because I I linked to your your Twitter video on on the article we did. So, um, but yeah, it's just you can tell he really cares about this.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, so many celebrities with this kind of stuff, they they do it for really the the PR for themselves. And when you get up there, or when someone gets up there like Mark Ruffalo did on Tuesday night and spoke about it, like, you you just have to see the video. He has so much passion and enthusiasm for this project. And And, you could tell um, he was,
1: like, choking up at a couple moments, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he was emotional about it. Um, So... I mean, it's all the more inspiring for for people to get involved um, and and be a part of this, and you know, be a be a superhero in your own community. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll we'll keep trying to to get him on the podcast. I, I fingers crossed we we get him to come on and talk about it because um, it just I think it's really it's a good it's cause. Always, it's a good cause, and it's always a, a great conversation when someone is that passionate about something. Yeah. So um that was our event on on tuesday night and you can find out more about that on fanball.com and shakefire.com and uh let's see what do we got next we got the box office next um i didn't see any movies last week what did you guys see
1: well we went well wait wait
0: let's let's talk about the box office first before well that's what we're gonna talk about yeah yeah of
1: (laughs) course was number one it is dominating the charts again
0: yeah, it's it's holding in there strong at sixty million. Followed by the opening of American Assassin, which came in at fourteen point eight, and the and Mother, which came in with seven point five million. Which I do want to talk about yeah. a little bit. Um, I'm, we, we saw. Don't, we're, it. Not, we're not doing an official review no. of it, but. Um, what do you guys think? Oscar worthy? Not Oscar worthy? Like, how was Jennifer Lawrence ah. in it? Was it too weird? Because I heard it was a little, like,
1: it, it people is weird. needed it
0: explained.
1: <laughs> it is such a weird and out there film. I don't think it's going to be Oscar worthy. Like, either director or performer. The performances are good. Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardeen, both of them are really good in the film. It's just, I don't think it's going to get it's too out there even for the oscars even for you know how much how weird it is it's just yeah i mean there there is a reason why it got an f cinema score <laughs> with audiences <laughs> because there's there's no way you can expect anything of what it is even from the trailers like it is so unlike the trailers it's it's just it's definitely needs to be seen you owe it to yourself to go out there and watch Mother because it is such a weird movie and you will definitely be talking about it with your friends and everybody because you'll be like, I have no idea what this movie is. Let's talk about it.
2: <laughs> okay, well, I I think one of the reasons... That, well, CinemaScore is a, a, a service that talks to moviegoers after they've seen a film, like right after they've seen it in the theater. And I think a lot of... The people that are seeing this movie are Jennifer Lawrence fans. And the problem is, this is not a Jennifer Lawrence movie. This is not your typical Jennifer Lawrence movie. I think the cinema score would have been higher if somebody like Natalie Portman or uh, another actress that's done a lot of indie stuff and has done some very, um, you know, uh, more out there films, not less uh, uh, mainstream films. I think the cinema score would have been higher because I think the audience would have anticipated, oh, well, it's Natalie Portman and it might be a little weird. People are going to see this because it's Jennifer Lawrence and then they're going, and it's such a weird movie. Now, I really liked it and I especially liked it after reading uh, a colleague of ours, uh, Matt Goldberg, wrote a very good piece on the film and what it means on, on his uh, collider.com website. Um, it's an allegory and um, it's, it's an allegory uh, about the Bible. And uh, so um, it's just a very strange film. It's not for everybody. I did enjoy it. I did give it a good review. But there's a lot of other critics did not give it a good review. And I think that's another reason why it won't be Oscar contender. Because it's just not getting the critical acclaim that normally a movie that, that this, this type of weird movie would need to in order to uh to get some Oscar nominations.
0: Right. And not not a great opening either with seven point five million on a, a budget of thirty million. Um is it in yeah. wide release or is this only playing in certain cities right now? No no
2: we see yeah it's it was uh it was in over two thousand theaters.
0: Okay. So it, it so, should yeah, have done it, better than it, yeah. seven point five million. <laughs> yeah. um, um but I don't remember I mean, the it'll,
2: it'll be interesting to
1: see like if it has legs because yeah. I don't think it will. Because good or bad, people are talking about it, and
2: yeah, people are talking about it. But I don't think it'll have legs because of the fact that um, it's not the, the word of mouth on it is not going to be good. Um, most people that see this movie are not going to recommend it, and <laughs> and I and I've, I almost guarantee that now I went and saw it at Studio Movie Grill, which is a a place where you go and eat. While you also watch a film and I, it was a very small audience I saw it on opening night Friday um, nobody left but you ordered they everybody ordered something so they're not gonna leave um, <laughs> but I bet if you but I bet if you saw it in another theater I bet there were some walkouts
0: fair enough um, that kind of sounds to me like how would you compare it to like melancholia because that kind of seems like a similar reaction where people don't know what they saw and a lot of people you know left during it. <laughs> Would you kind of compare um, it in terms of like weirdness?
2: Um, It's it's I think it's much weirder than melancholia. Um, And and the reason is, is because um, it is an an allegory. And um, there's a lot of stuff that happens, especially when you get past the first half of the film, the second half of the film. Things come at you really, really quickly at one point. Uh, um, The other thing that I want to warn people about is there there is a couple uh, there. There are. They're linked, but there are a couple of scenes in this film that are highly disturbing that some people are gonna get very, very upset about. I'm not gonna give anything away, but there's some very, very disturbing scenes. There were a couple that are very hard to watch, very uncomfortable to watch, and I just wanna wanna warn people that that's it's not it's not an easy movie to watch.
0: Well, fair enough. Um Speaking about whether or not it'll have legs, it's going to be interesting because we do have, you know, some we're getting into some good movies coming out. Um, I'm assuming I didn't see Kingsman. We're going to talk about Kingsman and um, the new Lego movie today. Um, But then also, you know, we're getting into the really good movies coming out with Blade Runner just around the corner. And I'm super hopeful, hopeful for Battle of Sexes and American Made, too. So. Um, yeah, it's it's I mean, gonna we're, be. We're getting
1: into Oscar season now, so we
0: are, <coughs> we are, and um, it'll it'll be interesting. What do you guys think for next week? Do you think it will? Where where do you think it will fall? The movie, it not. I mother. think it'll be second.
1: <laughs> I think, think Lego movie. Lego movie will be first. Um,
2: I no, I don't. Uh, no, I think uh, I think it's gonna be Kingsman. Really. <laughs> yeah, I think Kingsman is going to be in the in the high in the high 40s.
1: I think Lego movie's going to uh, win.
2: No, I think no, Lego movie I'm I'm talking I'm thinking it's going to be probably 10 million less than than uh than Kingsman. So you're we saying
1: second
0: for Lego?
2: Uh or third? I'd say probably I think I think third. I think it it's going to still have legs cuz the word of mouth on it is so good. Yeah, um, and people are enjoying it so much, and I think some people are going and seeing it ag- again uh, because they discovered there's a ton of um, of uh, um, what they, uh, hidden Easter eggs stuff. What Easter eggs? Easter eggs. Yeah, there's a ton of Easter eggs in this movie, and so people are going back, uh, especially Stephen King fans, because there's a ton of Stephen King um, Easter eggs in this in it.
0: All right, so our, our predictions from Mike for next week will be um kingsman in first followed by it followed by lego matt your top three lego then what
1: lego then it then kingsman
0: all right we'll we'll see which one of you are right i'm not gonna make any bets because (laughs) i have not seen any of these movies but it
1: Um, that doesn't matter that doesn't mean anything (laughs)
0: Although I will say, Kingsman has Channing Tatum in it, and I'm a Channing Tatum fan, so
1: (laughs) I want it to do well. Prepared to be disappointed.
0: (laughs) No, don't tell me that.
1: All right. Well, I say we we definitely (laughs) need to talk about it because, yeah, it's all
0: right. Well, that's not a very exciting intro. Not for me as a Chaining Tatum fan, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, we'll move into our review segment. Um, which one of you want to wanna set up Kingsman?
1: I'll set up Kingsman. Why not? So, All right. Kingsman, the Golden Circle, as it's called, is a follow-up to the original Kingsman. And it's basically, um, Eggsy now is one of the lead Kingsmen for the uh, their the British section. And... What happens is that something happens where basically the entire Kingsmen get um, destroyed. They get wiped out. And so all that's left is Eggsy and um, Mark Strong's character, Merlin, who's like the trainer and tech support guy. And basically they're trying to figure out, okay, how can we rebuild and how can we get the people responsible for this? and so they basically have this doomsday scenario where they have to travel stateside and hook up with the the statesmen who are basically the the United States version of the Kingsmen and so that's where you know um Channing Tatum, Jeff Bridges, Pedro Pascal, all their characters, they're all statesmen come in and basically they gotcha. they team up together to take down this new um the new villain, which is played by um, Julianne Moore, and she's basically a uh, a drug dealer who is trying to basically take over the world.
0: Gotcha. And so yeah,
1: it's a lot of action, a lot of ridiculous, over the top stuff.
0: Well, um, but, um, before before I get into asking you guys questions about it, just based off of your description, did you feel like the uh, again, as a Channing, a Channing Tatum fan and wanting to see more of him, which you've told me this is not going to make me happy for that. Um, do you feel like they were trying to set up anything with the Statesman for maybe their own movie?
1: Yeah, I That's don't know. Impossibly. I don't know about um, a spinoff, but may, maybe just. I mean, they're definitely going to continue it. You know, okay. there's right, definitely going to be a third. Because of the
2: fact that there's not enough, there's not enough Kingsman left. Uh, To you know, they're going to have to repopulate the Kingsmen. So I have a feeling that, and the uh, the Halle Berry part, which she basically she plays Merlin's counterpoint in the film, um, they're setting her up to be a bigger character than she is in this film. um, To be actually out in the in the the out in the environment instead of staying behind and and you know talking to him over over uh, earpiece. Um, but yeah, Channing Tatum. If you're a Channing Tatum fan, you're going to be very disappointed. I almost felt he was just there to be a talking point in the film. Like, so when they announced the lineup, you know, get people excited about this film because Channing Tatum was joining the cast. But he he's very underutilized in this film. He's
1: he's barely. I mean, we I say we already talk. We can talk about it. I mean, because because right. basically, so he's like in it. He's one of the first statesmen that they meet. And he has this really cool scene at the beginning, but then he gets, um, basically infected because he's taking the drugs. He's taking drugs and they're, they're basically tainted drugs. That's how, um, Julianne Moore's character basically gets into people. She taints the drugs. And so he's a partier guy and he, he turns out he gets, he gets a tainted batch of drugs. And so they freeze him while they look for a cure. And so, basically, the entire movie, he's, you know, frozen in stasis. So, he's out of the picture. He's not in the movie much. He, wow. you know, he's in it at the beginning and then a little bit at the end. So, if you're expecting Channing Tatum, like, Halle Berry's in it more than him. Even Colin Firth, who was, you know, he was the guy who was presumed dead at, at the end of... Uh, well, you're giving away a lot here man this <laughs> is in all is in, this the in the
0: trailers it is in the trailers
1: you know he's alive in the trailers you see him so that's not um. spoilers or anything
0: <laughs>
1: i mean even he's in it more than channing tatum
0: all right well let's jump into the official review because so far you guys have not sold sold me on this based upon the lack of channing tatum appearances in this movie um so on a scale of uh one to five how how bored were you during this one
1: uh, i would say two because i mean there is a lot of I'm action going. there is a lot of it's not really boredom you know i was i was entertained i guess <laughs>
2: i'm giving it i'm convincing. giving it a four yeah yeah i'm, I'm really giving it a four. that I'm giving it a four. I was bored. I, I first off, this movie's two hours and twenty minutes in length, and it feels every minute of it. At one point in the film, where you you sense that we're coming, we're going to go to the big finish, and so I and so I'm looking at my watch, and I look, and we still have thirty five minutes to go before the end of the film. <laughs> Um, Well, I'm
0: feeling like Mike's going to have a high score for for this next one, then. (laughs) Um, On the eye-rolling factor of one to five, uh, how much were you guys rolling your eyes?
1: Oh, I'm giving that a full five, five. yeah. There's so much eye-rolling. Like, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like, if you thought the original Kingsman was, like, over the top, you know, with, like, the exploding fireworks heads and um, Samuel Jackson's character... This one takes the cake for just how ridiculous it is. It is just absolutely outrageous, and you are just like, "Oh my god, what am I watching?" And and not yeah, in a mother. Julian Julia
2: Moore's Julian Moore's character and her her hideout, her lair, is just so cartoony that I felt like it was almost like a Tim Burton film. I mean, she's got this 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 her headquarters is. Um, a bunch of buildings In the shape of Iconic American uh, Buildings Like uh, you know Like a A donut shop With the giant donut On top And um, a, uh, a Mel's like um, uh, 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 Restaurant And uh, you know A movie theater With a marquee And it's just So over the top And she's so over the top um, Her character Is just so well, cartoony And also. it's in the middle Of the
1: jungle too That's she built all this in the middle of like the jungle, in the middle of ruins. So to add a further just over-the-top ridiculous to it.
0: Gotcha. Um, well, for best and worst performance, uh, then who would you would you give that to? Would you give worst performance to Julian Moore?
1: I don't know, because everybody's just so bland and annoying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And a tie for the whole cast you might, for You worse. might have to give
1: it to just to um, Channing Tatum just because he's not in it. No, don't <laughs> because, say that. Because <laughs> they, I mean, through the advertising, you think Channing Tatum's going to be in it. Like, yeah, he is a major selling point for this movie, and I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed because he's barely in it. Um, as far as best though, I would have to give it to Elton John. Elton John is in this movie, and he plays himself. <laughs> And he, he is it's, hilarious. I will admit.
2: Yeah, that that's the only bright thing in this whole film is is that Elton John, in this film, is just just so much fun to watch, and he has so much fun in the part. Which, tell you the truth, it doesn't look like anybody else is having fun, but he has a blast in this film. And I don't want to, we don't want to give anything away, but he, his appearance just kind of shocks the crap out of you when you when you see really? it. Um, and then it and it, it continues I mean, to he delight you throughout John. the rest of the film. Like it's ter- stereotypical Elton John, I would say. And it's, <laughs> it's awesome. yeah, he's he's definitely making fun of himself yeah. and and uh, his diva ways. I guess be the best way to put it.
0: Um, speaking of surprising uh, appearances, this is uh, Jeff Bridges' first time in a movie since 2009, completely clean shaven, so did that appearance did. Uh, surprise you guys? <laughs> no beard, was, no mustache? It, was, it <laughs> was a
1: little surprising, like it took a second to realize like, oh, that's Jeff Bridges like when you hear <laughs> his voice, you're like, yes that is definitely Jeff Bridges
2: He's he's pretty much wasted in this film also, right. he's, he's got a very small part, um, it's not it's not very memorable. It's still more than so.
1: Tatum. <laughs> um, Has it well, really been since 2009?
0: Yeah, since, it was a, a was dog year. A dog year was the last time he appeared clean shaven in a film. Wow. <laughs> Just random fun fact. I leaders. wonder how much
1: they had to pay him to shave his... Which, that's weird. It's weird that he's clean shaven for this. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's the Statesman. You know, they have this Western field wit, Which you would think that, like... They would want him with his mustache.
0: That's true. That's true. Um, I also I'm also reading here that all of the statesmen were named after alcoholic beverages.
1: They are.
0: Yep. So uh, what, what was Jeff Bridges? Maybe, Jeff Bridges maybe that had was, something to do was, with
1: it. He was champ, champagne, aka <laughs> Champ. champ. <laughs> so Jeff Bridges was champagne. Channy Tatum was tequila. Oh. Um, Ah, who was whiskey? Pedro Pascal was whiskey. Okay. And then Halle Berry was ginger ale.
0: Ginger ale is an alcoholic beverage. Well, Uh, well, it can be mixed with alcohol. Is misleading me. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, cool. Um. This this film obviously doesn't have a very high uh, Atlanta recognition factor as it was filmed in the UK. So, nothing nothing there. Um, overall, on a scale of 1 to 5, what would you guys give, give this movie?
1: I'd give it a 2.5. An 8 with a little L. <laughs> I'd give it a 2.
0: Alright, well, that's, yeah. That sounds promising.
1: It's, it's sad because I loved the first Kingsman. I thought the first Kingsman was great. It was really inventive, really different. This one is just, it's a lot of the same, but they really go full ham on it, and they really overdo it, and it's just like, oh, this is not good.
0: Well, that's disappointing. Um, Well, in closing, one last fun fact about this film. Of course, um, this this series is loosely based on the comic book series published by Marvel under their Icon Comics imprint. So, kind of a comic book movie, kind of. Um, Alright, well cool um, So let's let's move on to our next one Which is Ninjago Which is the new Lego movie that is out uh, Mike, you want to set that one up?
2: Sure <clears throat> So by day There's six young friends And they're just trying to survive high school But at night or when there's bad things happening They change into ninjas And they've been given the task of defending their island From evil um, And then there's a Dark Lord that uh, continually attacks the city, and then the ninjas have to um, have to battle them. Um, the all the ninjas are actually they they reminded me a lot of Power Rangers because they they have these very elaborate uh, contraptions that they ride. Um, so that's basically it. I mean, they're just they're basically fighting this bad guy. I don't want to. Once again, I want to. There's some there's some key elements that I'm not giving. Uh, because there, there kind of a couple of them are kind of spoilery. Really? That's so, but it's all in the trailer. If you've seen the trailer, okay. And it's it's, well, it's, it's the it main out, thing it, of the it, story too. I think that's the main story. Okay. Now. So, all right. So you have you have the you have one of the ninjas who um, is picked on all the time when he's ordinary. He's picked on in, in high school, um, and it turns out that his father is the bad guy that's trying to destroy the city and take over the city. uh, Garmadon um, is his father who he hasn't, he's never really known uh, because his father left when he was a baby.
0: Gotcha. Well, a couple of fun facts for you guys before we get into our official review. Um, I'm I'm liking
1: all these fun facts.
0: I know. I like the movies. Fun facts are awesome. I know. I'm trying to, you know, I did a a set visit this week with with Turner um, for their Turner Movies classics. And um, I was like, you know, we need to do more of this, more fun facts behind the scenes. (laughs) Um, uh, But this is actually the first Cartoon Network show to get a theatrical film. And 15 years since the Powerpuff uh, Girls movies, which was 2002, and this plot actually diverges from the TV series. So I didn't realize it was a show on Cartoon Network.
1: I was about at to one say point. this was a TV series.
0: Yeah, apparently, apparently <laughs> it was on Cartoon Network. There you go. <laughs> I did
1: not know. I thought it was just bas- I thought that it was just a toy set from Lego.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, the Lego movie obviously was incredibly Brilliant. successful. So you know and then batman one was also successful so i mean it's a it's a successful franchise so yeah. i'm sure they're gonna do tons of stuff whether it's based on tv shows or not um but yeah, yeah. uh so let's uh let's jump into it on a scale of uh, one to five how bored were you guys during this one
1: i would give it a, a 1.5 um the humor is great. It falls in line with both the Lego Movie and the Lego Batman Movie. So if you're a fan of those movies, you're definitely gonna like the Lego Ninjago Movie. Um, there were a few instances where I felt that they stressed the the jokes. They stretched them too far. Like they repeated them for comedic effect, and like mm-hmm. it worked the first time, but like they kept doing it over and over again, and it was just like okay. I get it, stop now. But other than that, I was I was yeah. laughing a lot, and so yeah, it's a lot of fun.
2: I'd give it a two. Um, I enjoyed this film. I've enjoyed all three of the Lego movies, although I didn't enjoy the. I i enjoyed this film much more than the Batman Lego movie. I I felt that the Batman Lego movie was kind of almost a one-trick pony. Uh, but I enjoyed this film. It it helps also you got Jackie Chan in it.
0: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> he's there. He's there. Uh, he's their their guidance um and he just brings uh he always brings energy into any film he's in
0: cool well on a scale of one to five how um how, how much were you guys rolling your eyes during this one um
2: i don't say I,
1: I probably wasn't rolling my eyes that much um maybe a one yeah i mean the
2: yeah, I, there's there's not a lot of there's not really a lot of, of eye rolling for this movie. I mean it it's a fun movie. I'd give it a one also. Um it's it's just a fun it's a fun ride, uh that both adults and kids can enjoy.
0: I feel like um I I loved the the original Lego movie, but yeah. um the Lego Batman movie I watched it on a plane and it might have been because when you watch a movie on a plane, um, all of the volumes a little bit more high pitched, and then yeah. you also have like the hum of the um, the engine, <laughs> like that somehow makes it through your earphones. And you're um, watching it somehow, on a you're,
1: tiny little screen. Yeah. that's yeah, probably um, that's terrible quality. Not
0: <laughs> not the ideal viewing environment. Um, no. But I will say that, like I, I kind of um, based on that viewing experience, um, I kind of agree with Mike in the sense that I didn't like the first lego movie so good and then yeah. that one i just i i felt like my expectations were that it was going to be as good and i didn't feel like it was so what you guys are saying it sounds like it's a lot more in line with like the feel um of the first one in comparison to like the batman one is that a fair assessment
1: um see so, well, i I well I, I, I liked i liked lego batman lego movie okay. hands down i agree with you on that is the best, the Lego movie. Um but I did like Lego Batman. I mean I would say this is for me at least on par with Lego Batman. Um Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright. Well um how about best and worst uh acting or I guess voice performance here. Who who would you give that to? Oh,
1: that's that's hard. Um It's
0: always hard in a movie it's like hard. this.
1: Well, it's hard because, one, it's animated, so it's all going to be voice performance. And two, it's such a, you know, um, ensemble piece, I would say. Yeah. um, I thought Justin Theroux was a great Garmadon. I thought he played the villain really well. Um,
2: Yeah, that's who I'd give it to, is is Justin Theroux, because I... I thought that this, the, one of the reasons why I'm I giving it a good review is because I felt the villain was a really good villain. Um, you know, and it's not, it's, it's not just your ordinary villain because he's got, he's got a lot of issues with his yeah. son. Um, and he's got an over-inflated ego, which most villains do, but, th- but his is, is pretty funny.
1: And yeah, that, and that's one of the things I would say that the film does so well is that it's a much more heartfelt story. Because the main story is, you know, this father-son relationship. When you know you got the good guy versus the villain, but they also happen to be father and son, and it really focuses on that. And I thought that was something cool that it did that the other two films haven't really touched upon. Um, gotcha. I also want to say um, Kumail Nanjiani is is great as well as Jay. He's one of the other the other ninjas he's the lightning ninja and i thought he has some great lines in it he's he's the cool calm demeanor but he's always screaming (laughs) that's how everybody (laughs) sees him as like oh he's such a cool ninja and stuff but he's always when he's talking with everybody else he's the one who's cautious and just he's quiet because he's absolutely terrified about what's going to happen
2: yeah he doesn't want to take any chances and he always wants to go the safe route
0: Well, I'm that makes me happy that you guys picked Justin Throw because um, Justin Throw is an amazing actor. And as we've talked about before, um, he was fantastic in the leftovers. and the leftovers nor Justin got Emmy right. nominations, which I realized we forgot to talk about <laughs> um, yeah. for for the final season of that show. and it should have. It absolutely should have. In fact, I would say he probably, I don't know if I would say he should have won because Sterling uh, K. Brown was definitely deserving of his win, but uh, Justin Throw should have been nominated with him for sure. Um, that's out of the way. We'll come back to Emmys <laughs> after this. I'm, I just, you guys were talking about it and I just, I hear Justin Throw's name. I immediately think leftovers and then I immediately think Emmy snub. So <laughs> that, that's where my, my brain went. Um yeah. But uh, moving along, obviously not a high ATL recognition factor here, as no. it is an animated movie, animated movie. Um,
1: animated, animated,
0: like <laughs> animated. You know me; I've got to mess up some words here and there. Um, <laughs> but uh, on a on a scale of one to five, um, what would you guys give the Ninjago movie?
1: I would give it a four. Um, Ooh, I really enjoyed okay. it. I think the humor is on point. The animation is amazing. Like, I think this is the best animated for the Lego movies, of course, because you know they've had two movies now to to get their their format done and stuff. So, I think they are really knocked out of the park with this.
2: I go to a three point five. Um, I I enjoyed this film a lot, um, and I think I think like I said, I, I think this is one of these films with both kids and adults are going to enjoy
0: cool um well we do have a couple of other uh movies that are coming out this week that we didn't review that i know you guys wanted to mention so you guys want to kind of go through those quickly
1: wanted or because i mean friend request comes out that we both saw i don't think we want to mention that
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah other than it's it's your normal jump out of the dark scary film yeah
1: is
0: that it? That's and, it for this.
2: Yep, that's it. Now. <laughs> um, what else
1: we got, Mike?
2: Uh, you were you were gonna talk about stronger. Yeah,
1: we stronger. got um, stronger coming out. That's with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, and that is based on the uh, the Boston bombings, the Boston Marathon bombing. Um, it follows one of the uh, one of the fans who was on the sidelines and um, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. And it's basically he becomes a double-leg amputee um, after getting caught in the explosion. And it's him just dealing with his life after that. Um, It's a really good film. It's a really powerful film. Um, Both uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and um, Tatiana Maslany, um, they... Give amazing performances. Um, the film is We're Seen alone just for that. She is absolutely fantastic in it. But um,
2: it's 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 based on a true yeah. story, and he, and and that's one of the things is that um, he, he was really um, he was really embraced by the city. Um, he's as an inspiration, and uh, and the, the fact that uh, they weren't going to let these terrorists keep the city down that they were going to persevere and uh so he's he's a he's a he's a hero in, Boston. in boston's eyes um, and that's and what the
1: film film deals with because he's just like i'm not a hero i was just there i got blown up like i'm not this thing like i don't want to go to these baseball games and throw out like i don't want to go to these hockey games i don't want to be this symbol because i didn't do anything he's just like this all just happened to me and I just got caught into it. So it's like him just trying to deal with all this, all these things that are happening all at once.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, and I
2: want to, I want to mention uh, uh, another film that's coming out. It's called Brad's status and it starts Ben Stiller and Austin Abrams. And um, it's just a, a father going on a trip with his son to tour colleges on the East coast. And um, it's an amazing performance. It's just a dazzling performance by Ben Stiller. Um, uh, Mike White wrote the script. He he's he's written a lot of stuff, um, uh, but uh, he's he's known for uh, doing some stuff with Jack Black. Um, he was the he was the writer for um, School of Rock. Um, he also uh, wrote and produced the TV series School of Rock. Uh, but it's just a, a wonderful performance by Ben Stiller. Uh, Stiller's character is kind of going through uh, uh, all his all of his college friends have all become successful. Um, one's a, uh, a famous political writer. Um, one uh, invented had a, an app that went went viral and Um, is retired at age 40 is living um in hawaii with with two women Uh, another guy is a successful uh, banker so all his friends and they've all kind of lost contact with brad and brad is he's happily married um and they have this one kid but he's going through all these self-doubts about um where he should be in life and where um what, what, whether or not he's happy and whether or not he's successful um, and a lot of the film is done in voiceover you actually hear what Stiller is thinking about it that at different times um, and it's just a really really good performance if you're a parent especially if you're a parent of, a, of a, somebody that's getting ready to or is, or is going to college you want to see this film because it's just a wonderful performance and he's got great chemistry with Austin Abrams who plays his son um, they, their scenes together just seem really real and um, at times emotional. Um, so that's Brad's status. I highly recommend it. And then if you're a dance fan, there's a Russian film called Polina about a, a young Russian girl um, that uh, she's about to achieve her dream, become a classical ballet dancer at the Bolshoi Ballet. And she decides to go down a different path and discover... Other forms of dance. Um, And it's a really good movie. And the the dancing in it is just amazing. Um, So if you love or even like dancing, it's not just classical. It's also modern dance. Uh, Quite a bit of it is actually modern dance. Um, It's a really, really spellbinding film to watch.
0: Cool. Um, So those are out um, this Friday. So we've got got some good choices for people this week. We're getting back into... To having good movies, which is great, because August August really sucked.
1: No, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to briefly talk about the Emmys before we uh, we wrap up. Of course, um, next week we'll be talking about um, American Maid and Battle of the Sexes. Um, so definitely, uh, definitely look forward to that. Um, but wrapping up in the in the TV world, the Emmys happen Sunday night, and I i'm how pretty proud of how did of Matt we and do, I?
1: how did we do in our predictions
0: uh well you and i beat beat mike by a lot yay <laughs> um but not as much as i would have liked because veep is still <laughs> all over the place <laughs> i heard that uh,
2: what did i tell you about
1: i did tell you about beep yeah. didn't yeah, i Yeah, and veep then is, like i think uh, and then also um handmaiden's tale mm-hmm. i heard Oh my
0: yeah, God. Hand, Handmaid's Tale, um, made. really, that took outstanding drama series, outstanding supporting actress, outstanding lead actress, a um, bunch of writing and directing. Um, it, it took basically everything. Um, I need to there watch were, it now, I guess. I know. I need to watch it, too. Um I I was excited for Elizabeth Moss uh, winning the outstanding lead actress because I think it was another situation in which she was so fantastic in Mad Men and she really never got, I think, the praise she deserved for it. So it's it's great to see her in a role where she's finally getting the attention that she deserves. And Ann Dell, um, who was also in The Leftovers and was fantastic in it, um, also didn't get attention for that. And of course, she's <laughs> getting attention now for for her work in Handmaid's Tale. So um, I was exciting for that. Um, this Is Us surprised me by only taking um, I. To my understanding, one award home. Looking at this, the awards now, I I missed the first thirty minutes of the, the show, waiting on my on my pizza to take back to my hotel room and eat while I watched the Emmys on mm-hmm. Sunday night. Um, but Sterling K. Brown took home Outstanding Lead Actor. Um, he's absolutely fantastic, and This Is Us. If you haven't seen it, um, he's just a fantastic actor in general. Yeah. Um, but Veep. Okay, let's let's talk eat. about Veep for a hot second. Um, they're going into their final season. Which means they can win they can win more Emmys next year. (laughs) They
1: are gonna destroy the Emmys next year. Which again probably because it's gonna be their final season. So yeah.
0: So just to like put this into perspective for you guys, uh, Julia uh, Lewis dreyfus has won every single year this show has been on for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy. She now holds the record for most consecutive wins in a role. And Veep, um, I think it, it's been kind of back and forth over the years between that and Modern Family. But like, oh my God, like it's a point in which, you know, our our politics kind of, you know watching the news is almost a a comedy show nowadays and so you think that maybe some of these political shows would have um become a little too real in a sense for Mm -hmm. for people still to give them this much cred um but no no they are still still going quite strong so um uh maybe
2: so i have a i have a little beef with with the Emmys. um so, in the comedy uh, side, the supporting actor and supporting actress were both won by Saturday Night Live performers, Alec Baldwin and Kate McKinnon. Yep. I think I think that because they already have an Emmy called Variety Sketch Series, which Saturday Night Live won, I think that the Variety series should have supporting actor and actress in their own thing. And Alec Baldwin and Kate McKinnon shouldn't have been up against people that are doing 30-minute or one-hour comedies. That's fair. Is there yeah. enough? Is there enough, though, for that? I, I think now there is, um, because I think you could... I don't know. I'm I just blowing like, it out. I just, I just, isn't SNL yeah. really,
1: like, the only one that actually has, like, a big Well, I'm thinking about all the... Of... Of comedy, I, actors. I,
2: I haven't. I just, I just thought of this, so I haven't really given a lot of thoughts. So because like most my, of the variety
1: like, series, that's like talk show hosts and stuff. Like they don't. Yeah. It's not really like comedy Acting. performance. Yeah.
0: Yet. True. True. There may not be enough. Yeah.
2: Maybe not. I don't know. I just I just felt like that that, that they should have been separate then. People that were you know, nominated from Modern Family or Veep or whoever, whatever show you, you want to talk about. Fair
0: enough. Fair enough. Um, we did get a little bit of Atlanta love. I really thought Atlanta was going to take Outstanding Comedy yeah. Series, even though I still say it's not really a comedy series. It's got funny moments, but it, it still feels weird to consider it a comedy to me. Um, great show, and I really thought it was going to win. It didn't win, but it did win for, um, for Donald, Donald Glover donald glover won it for outstanding lead actor in a comedy series and he also took home outstanding uh where was it
1: is it directing
0: outstanding directing for a comedy series he he also took so i mean there were it it was overall pretty good this year it was it was great to see uh handmaid's tale did so well um i would have loved to have seen more for this is us and more for atlanta um doesn't look like there was any love for westworld uh which or or stranger (laughs) things Stranger Things, come yeah. Okay, on. let's
1: they're, let's they're talk about that for a hot second.
0: On. Stranger Things should have gotten at least one award, at yeah. least one. Just like I, I, I really think that one should have got Outstanding. Um, or uh, what, what was the one? It was the one that um, oh god, for the writing, the writing for the Duffer Brothers, the one the Duffer Brothers was nominated for the, that Outstanding was Writing. Or else they were nominated for that too. For directing they, for drama, yeah. The Duffer Brothers just should have won something. Um, if no one else from Stranger Things won anything, they should have won that. Um, I so yeah. I mean, really, that's all I can say is I feel like they got snubbed. But um, at least they got nominated, which is more than the leftovers can say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> by the way, there were by the way there were six uh, nominees for uh, variety sketch series. Uh, Billy on the Street, that's on True TV. That's right. Doctor Mary Now, that's on IFC. Drunk History, which is Comedy Central. Portlandy, which is another IFC. Saturday Night Live. And the Tracy Ullman Show on HBO. So there is enough there to have separate comedy sketch nominees for.
0: I think you could do maybe Best Actor and Best Actress. I don't think you could do Best Supporting Actor and Actress in that category, especially when you're dealing with like variety-type shows, but maybe i mean we we saw the changes where now there's like 10 10 oscar movies nominated for best films instead of yeah. you know five or whatever it used to be so maybe we'll see changes with this too
2: and you did you did have um um shows that uh did have some winning shows by uh uh that were on netflix that won an emmy so you're you're at even adding more to that category with all the stuff that's on Netflix and Hulu and so yeah,
0: no, exactly, and, and so Amazon. I'm I'm,
2: I'm, I'm writing an angry letter to the Emmys. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> let us know how um, that goes, Mike.
0: Yeah, let us know if they get back to you. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, um, well, that is it for this week's episode. Again, episode seventy-two of the Atlas Podcast. <laughs> not, not seventy-one. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week, and we'll have reviews of American Made and Battle of Sexes and hopefully some other cool stuff that we uh, we have coming up, too. I'm actually doing a um, an influencer uh, campaign today with Pilot Pens, so I think I'm going to learn how to do some fancy calligraphy handwriting. I'm pretty stoked about that, so I'll let Ooh. you guys know how that goes. Um, I have very low expectations for how well I'm going to do, but... <laughs> Maybe, maybe I'll surprise myself.
2: <laughs> well, we, we've all seen my handwriting, so I we know that I would be horrible at that. <laughs>
0: let's let's just briefly briefly acknowledge that. Mike brings a notebook to as as a responsible critic in, into the theater to take notes during the movie, which seems really responsible, but then he can't read his own handwriting and neither can the rest of us. So <laughs>
2: But it makes for a fun game to try to figure out what I was what I was trying to write. Fair
0: enough, it does. <laughs> um,
2: we should all take this class
1: and I, then compare, <laughs> compare handwriting.
0: I will I will gladly teach you guys what I learned today. Um, it's it's just funny me having gone to art school. I my handwriting is I, I can't do any sort of fine art anything much less like nice looking handwriting um you can read my handwriting though so i'm a step ahead of Mike. <laughs> but um all of that being said uh thank you guys for for listening this week and we'll be back next week with episode 73 see like i'm all over this episode count now
1: <laughs> just, just keep repeating it just keep repeating Just gonna keep episode. saying it
0: um <laughs> But thank you guys again. Uh, my name is Emma Loggins, editor-in-chief at fanbolt.com.
1: I'm Matt Rodriguez, the owner and chief editor of Shakefire.com.
2: I'm Mike McKinney, fan handwriting analyst, and also write for last one to leave the theater.com.
0: And we'll uh, talk to you guys next week.